Now you're listening to Fantastic Formosa with John Abrams in Taipei. Folks, welcome to another episode of Fantastic Formosa. Uh, I am John Abrams, and we have an exciting guest for you this week. Um, he is, wow, he has many skill sets, many uh, portfolios in his, uh, his record. Uh, his name is Ross Feingold. Uh, welcome to the show, Ross. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Ross you strike me as an extremely well-educated uh, individual who knows the facts. And, uh, wow, you know, uh, you're a lawyer, you're a businessman, um, you've been around Asia for a very long time, but you didn't start out in Asia. Oh, tell me where you came from originally. I'm actually from the New York City suburbs, a place called Long Island. Mm. Now, Long Island is quite famous. For a number of things, mm. uh, iced tea, the drink, Long Island iced tea. Um, now, that's alcohol, right? Yeah, so we won't dwell on that. Okay. Uh, it's also famous for its docks. Its docks? Yes. Okay. It, Ships, it, right? Come in? What kind do of docks? I said ducks, not docks. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Long Island duck, it's a delicacy. <laughs> right. I thought you were talking about sailboats and coming into docks. Uh, you were talking well, about it is ducks. an island, so it's, sur it's surrounded by water being an island. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a richy area, isn't it? It's okay. well known for, for that mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the town where I grew up is also the town where the famous book, The Great Gatsby, took place by F. Scott Fitzgerald. My God. All right. Uh, that was a great book, a great writer. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you have a chance to read his books, please do. Uh, I think you'll find them quite interesting. They're all movies, of course, but uh, the books are quite sad. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so you grew up in Long Island, uh, and you went to university where? I went to university about four hours away from where I grew up. It mm -hmm. was in a rural part of Pennsylvania, and the university was called Bucknell. So even though it was only uh, a few hours away from New York City, it was a very different world because it was all farm country around there. Mm. So, you know, I was talking about the Amish. Uh, well, we had Amish where I went to university. Right. Was that a bit of a shock, people, you know, riding around in horses and buggies and you know, using manual labor and no electricity. You well, you know. get used to it. You mm. see them uh, in the shopping center, in the parking lot. They just park their horse and buggy <laughs> in the parking lot, and they go into the same stores. So you know, they're different different groups of Amish. Some of them engage more with society than others. So mm. uh, where I went to university, they were Amish, but they still come into town and shop in the big supermarkets. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it seems like uh, you go back 100 years a little bit with the Amish. I'm know. about to hit my 100th birthday, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this university or college, was it college or university? University. All right. Sounds very small. Um, it was small, only about 3,200 undergraduates, so mm. 800 in, in each class. And I wouldn't say you, you get to know everyone, mm. but you certainly recognize everyone who's mm. in in your, your same year. So, uh, yeah, about 800 classmates graduated together. Um, 
they had a East Asian Studies department, uh, but when I began there, uh, they weren't offering Mandarin. They mm. were offering Japanese only. So in my freshman year, I took a semester of Japanese, mm. and uh, it, it got increasingly difficult because the grammar is so complex. So I wanted to. Mm. I still wanted to learn another language, and uh, I decided I wanted to learn Mandarin because uh, supposedly there was not a lot of grammar. That, that really appealed to me. <laughs> and China was growing at the time. Right, so, economically. Yes, yeah, so I decided I would learn Mandarin. But since the school didn't offer Mandarin at the time, I had to study abroad during my junior year of mm. university. So I spent the whole year uh, away from Bucknell doing intensive Mandarin program. Where, where did you do your Mandarin program? In Singapore. So All right. my first exposure to living in Asia and to studying Mandarin was when I was a university third year student, and I spent that entire year in Singapore doing an intensive Mandarin program. And it was quite intensive because it was four hours a day mm. from you know, eight to 12 every day doing, doing Mandarin. And then there was a ton of homework. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's one hour of class time and one hour of homework, right, normally? Well, it was four hours of class time. So you had four hours of homework, basically. Basically, yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, so one hour out of the four was specifically for learning characters, and the other three hours w was basically uh, conversation. Hmm. And I'll tell you another interesting thing about learning Mandarin and, and that specifically that program. Very quickly in the textbooks, the uh, Han Pinyin disappeared. Mm. So when they were introducing new characters or new vocabulary, you had to look it up on your own. I mean, everyone had dictionaries, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the textbooks uh, really were designed to force you to learn the tones of the new character. So if they're teaching you a new character, you'd have the teacher in front of the room uh, showing us how to pronounce and how to write a new character. But you really had to pick up from what the teacher said what the correct pronunciation is, or like I said, you could look it up in the, in the dictionary. But the textbooks very quickly uh, did not have the Han Yu Pinyin, no Roman letters at all in the textbooks, very, very quickly after maybe the first couple of months. So they really forced you to learn quickly. So one year in Singapore, Yeah. very expensive city. Well, I was a student. I was living at the at the university, Campus. so yeah, I was living in the, the dormitory, so okay. I didn't have All to right. pay a lot for housing. <laughs> so your junior year ab abroad is a very common theme in your universities in America, right? That's right. Uh, some people just do a semester, some people uh, do a full year, mm -hmm. some people do it for language learning, some people do it for, they just take general courses, mm -hmm. economics, history, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I decided just to do full full time. Mm -hmm. language. So I didn't take any other courses during that one year. I mm -hmm. was just completely focused on studying Mandarin. All right. So then you returned to university. Returned to university by for my fourth year. And totally by coincidence, when I came back, they were offering Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. I, I was able to take a, a Mandarin class, which you know, typical for University in the U.S., it was only a couple of hours a week, mm. as opposed to doing four hours mm. every day. Mm. Uh, but at least I was able to continue. And the other classmates, they, they were all uh, Taiwanese-Americans, so they okay. were just getting an easy A. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. I yeah. know how they do it. Uh, yeah, and I just uh, 
Taiwanese, but mainland Chinese as well. I don't uh-huh. think we had any mainland Chinese right. back then. This, yeah. is, this is 1995. Uh, so when I finished university, I wanted to continue studying Mandarin. And that's why, I, or that's when, I should say, that's when I came to Taiwan for the first time, right after I graduated university. Mm. And I did two hours a day of Mandarin class for a year here in Taipei. What was your bachelor's degree exactly? In political science and East Asian studies. Wow. Okay. Uh, I did a political science degree uh, with a minor in uh, philosophy and uh, religion. And uh, That's deep stuff there. Yeah. A philosophy wasn't popular, obviously. Um, I... Uh, I spent uh, a lot of times just looking up Greek er, uh, Greek words. I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. But um, so you finish your degree. How soon after you finish your degree do you go to Taiwan? A uh, couple of months later. So mm. uh, in August of 1996. Mm. Now, the first that was time a I missile crisis. I, I just missed it. Oh, I missed yeah, the missiles yeah. by, uh, by a few months. Okay. Yeah. And you came here, uh, and uh, and, and also the the previous time that I had lived in Asia when I was studying in Singapore, I hadn't traveled to Taiwan, so I I didn't really know what to expect the first time mm-hmm. I came here. Given that my only reference was living in Singapore, um, so different place. Oh, you know, it, it was yeah, it hit me hit me right away. Right. And, and in fact, the very first day I was here. I went to register for Mandarin classes at um, the Mandarin Trading Center of mm. uh, Normal University, National mm-hmm. Taiwan Normal University, mm-hmm. or in Mandarin, people call it Shida. So I went to register for Mandarin class, and the very first foreigner that I started chatting with there, he said to me, hey man, Taiwan's kind of like a bad habit. You know it's bad for you, but you keep coming back to it. <laughs> and that's exactly what he sounded like. Yeah. And actually, he didn't say bad habit. He referenced something a little stronger than a bad habit. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, people come here and they never leave sometimes. Yeah, it's I think amazing. that's what the guy's, the yeah. guy's point was, is that you keep coming yeah. back to Taiwan even yeah. though you know it's bad for you. Well, I don't think, uh, you know, Japan's just, and Korea are just so expensive, and Singapore is expensive, and mm-hmm. Taiwan is just the perfect fit, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it has that, I don't know, Hong Kong was uh, being turned over, uh, so, you yeah, know. I was actually in Hong Kong for the handover. Right. And okay. my, my, when I told my father I'm going to Hong Kong for the handover, he said, that's a little like going to uh, Austria for, for the Anschluss with Germany. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you came here on a, uh, did you get a fellowship? Did you nope, get some sort of nope, scholarship? Nope, I didn't get any scholarship. I applied to mm. the Taiwan office mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. for a scholarship, and I didn't get one, mm. which, which I guess was a good start to my long-term relationship with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, I, I did some part-time uh, English teaching like yeah. a lot of young people Very do. Very common. And I also... Uh, uh, worked part-time in a, in a law firm since okay. I, my plan was to go back to the U.S. and study law. So, so you stayed here for how long? Just okay. a year. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then I went back for gra- to the U.S. for graduate school. But the truth is, because you keep coming back to Taiwan, during both my summer holidays from uh, law school, law school being three years, so there mm-hmm. were two summer holidays. Both summer holidays, I came back to Taiwan and worked in internships. Mm. Well, the, uh, you know, you return to the United States and you, you probably, uh, a graduate, is it a graduate degree in law? Is mm-hmm. it a JD? JD, Juris Doctor. 
Right. Where did you go to school? American University in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. How long did it take you to get through your program? Three years. Okay. It's typically three years. Was it a specific area of law? No, in law, we don't really have like majors like you have an undergraduate mm. university. The The first year of courses is, is all the required courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just introduction to different areas of law like uh, property law, uh, criminal law, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then in the second year and the third year, you take electives in whatever area mm-hmm. might interest you. So mm-hmm. I, I did mostly things related to corporate finance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems to be where you finally ended up, right? Corporate law, corporate yeah. uh, and uh, after three years, came back to Taiwan again. <laughs> all right, because <Did laughs> you keep coming back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it just um, it's a it's a nice place actually. It's got a great things going for it. Um, the uh, but you didn't consider a job in government or corporate law in New York or. Uh, well, I consider jobs in government, but we can't really talk about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, as many Stop people, <laughs> many people uh, who uh, have advanced degrees often uh, look at that uh, opportunity. Um, I was so, eager to get back to Taiwan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I loved it. Uh, I still uh, love it. It is uh, quite amazing how you can get on MRT and be in the mountains in 30 minutes. Not uh, not back when I first came to Taiwan, though. Well, back no, in the, late the 90s. MRT system was not uh, operational. It's not, it's not yeah. as, as uh, expansive as oh it gosh. is now. Now spider web. Almost. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah. Uh, one of the great things about Taipei is the MRT, and it's uh, not only does it go everywhere, it's, it's reasonably priced, and... Uh, to be very fair to the hardworking people at the MRT, it is so clean inside the MRT oh my stations. God, yes. you, you could eat off the floor. Yeah, it's really spotless. Reminds me of Singapore a bit. You know, oh my gosh, yeah, they keep it clean. Uh, yes, and they, uh, you know, it's just it's radically changed uh, from the time I got here. Of course. Uh, well, you, if you you remember, if people see some of those photo photos or video or movies of Taipei in the late '90s, early 2000s. There was, of course, a lot more scooters on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was uh, very little uh, control over the air pollution from vehicles, buses. Well, don't you remember there, there was oh. a, a, a publication that was based in Hong Kong called the Far Eastern Economic Review, yes, which is no I longer for, I worked, published. Yeah, I worked for them for a while. Are, are you yeah. the one who wrote that Taipei, the basin of Taipei, is like a toilet? No, no, that's there, there, was, there was once an article. Because, oh, yeah, I understand how that— Because all yeah. the pollution w- was staying right. within the basin. Right. Taipei's surrounded by mountains. Yeah. And what happens is pollution sort of settles Correct. over the city, and it turns everything yellow. And this was during a time period when there were a lot of factories— around Taipei as well. And the scooters and the air conditioning. Yeah, and uh, buses. Oh, my God, the buses, the pollution out of the buses was terrible. And they were starting to crack down when I got here. Uh, They started pulling over cars, and they'd stick a tube, the police would, Mm -hmm. measure how much you were producing in terms of pollution, and then they would fine you. Did you ride a scooter yourself? No, I've seen seen some accidents, and I decided Mm -hmm. that uh, people did not wear helmets back then. That's right. And uh, I thought, no, uh, the last thing I want to do is be a foreigner in another country and end up in a hospital mm. uh, where they don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so, but uh, my gosh, you know, they cleaned it up um, and it's just 
beautiful. You can see the Yamishan Mountain now from uh, the train station. You mm-hmm. you could never see it back then. Oh my gosh, it was covered in fog. Uh, smog or smog fog. Smog <laughs> or fog, yeah. But see, they had, uh, you know, they had objectives and they cleaned it up and they made the place a, uh, livable, more mm. more livable. Uh, and actually, uh, the rents are here are you know, good, cheap, uh, compared to Singapore and Hong Kong, mm. and and uh, that makes it a great place to live. But actually. I did go live in Singapore and Hong Kong as well. That's what yeah. I was wondering about. Yeah, so you came back to Taipei after you got out of law school. Yeah, I stayed here for four years. To study Mandarin? No, okay. working. I was working. Oh, you were working? At this point. As a lawyer? Yes, as a lawyer. Okay. Uh, what kind of law was it? Corporate? Well, mostly corporate law. Mm. Uh, Stuff related to financial industry, mm. predominantly intellectual property. Not maybe? much, no. Okay. Just mostly stuff related to the financial industry, right. banking, things like that. Mm. So four years uh, working as a lawyer in a foreign country, uh, yeah. learning their laws now, right? Correct. And then uh, what? What happened? You get and I got a job offer in Singapore, mm-hmm. so I went to Singapore for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of like reverse culture shock because. Mm. Singapore, in many ways, is is very westernized. Mm. The supermarkets have a lot of foreign products, mm. whereas in Taiwan, they have foreign products, but not not as many. Yeah, yeah, when I first got here, it was like impossible to find, you know, my favorite cereal. Yeah, <laughs> Captain I know what you mean. Crunch, or <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, there's better selection now, but back yes. back then, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. The selection of foreign foods in the supermarket here was wasn't nearly as good. Yeah, but they had great uh, markets uh, in the mornings. Uh, we could buy fresh vegetables and uh, different things. Yeah, but if you if you really wanted Captain Crunch, you were stuck. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, I think you know if I had stayed in America, I would probably be dead by now. <laughs> uh, you know, the, you'd have a lot more cavities. That's for sure. Yeah, cavities plus uh, diabetes. Uh, you know, American food is full of uh, starch. Mm. Oh my God! And uh, uh, I, th- I, when I go back to America and see my old high school buddies, they are obese and uh, diabetic, diabetics, and mm. uh, many have cancer of some sort. And I feel like, wow, you know, I feel young and mm. strong, and I, ew, you know, maybe I shouldn't come go back to America. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, I didn't want to go back to America, so I stayed in uh, Asia, and I worked in Singapore for a few years, mm. and Hong Kong for a few years, uh, mm. but um, back in, in Singapore, Taiwan. how long were you there? About three years. All right. Now, if you have a good job, that's a great place to live. Mm. Uh, money uh, yeah. allows you to enjoy Singapore. If yeah. you don't have money, no. <laughs> Correct. Um, but but uh, compared to Singapore and Hong Kong, Taiwan is... Uh, a little bit slower paced. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, people are, are quite nice. Yes. Taiwan folks are just incredibly friendly. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Singapore, they seem to just go on their business. Just well, we don't want to, we don't want to criticize on the air. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, but people. No, in, I'm not criticizing Singapore. Uh, people in Hong Kong are, uh, uh, they're very efficient. They're, mm. they're really good at getting stuff done. Right, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Certainly in my experience, I was working in a very large company, uh, globally very large, and mm-hmm. the Hong Kong offices were large. And uh, yeah, people are just very, very focused on uh, execution, getting the job done. Mm. And that's one of the great talents that people in Hong Kong have. Whereas right. in Singapore, people are tend to be a little bit risk averse. Mm. Um, 
so they want to make sure they've covered everything before they actually execute on a project. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's definite. Uh, when I've been there on business in Singapore, they are very uh, conscious about precision. Yeah. You know, they don't want to do anything wrong. Right. Don't want to break the law. Don't, yeah. <laughs> but Taiwan is a little bit more, uh, you know, they want to challenge themselves and do things that are a little bit, you know, risque maybe, and maybe produce a product that hasn't been seen before. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the computer industry here is a good example of that. Oh, yep. my gosh. Silicon Valley of Asia. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Singapore... How many years? About three years. Three years. And then Hong Kong, about five years. So you got an offer from Hong Kong? Yeah, so I, I went mm -hmm. to work in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and uh, I, to tell you the truth, I, I love all three places. I, right. I love living in uh, Taipei. I love living in Singapore, and I mm. love living in Hong Kong. Mm. You know, sometimes we meet those people here in Taiwan who mm. haven't spent a lot of time in other locations mm. in Asia, so they think that Taiwan is just the most fantastic place, like oh, the name of the gosh. show, yes. right? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that's why you call the show fantastic foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but the truth is, I I like to say um, there's there's good and bad in every, mm, every, every place. Every place you go. Yeah, no place is paradise except paradise. <laughs> but uh, in the absence of actually being in paradise, mm. if you're in Taipei or Hong Kong or Singapore, even Shanghai or Bangkok, um, Kuala Lumpur, Jakarta, right. all, all these big Asian cities have have their great things, and they have some mm. negatives right. as well. But uh, generally, I, I love cities, you know, having grown up uh, just outside of New York City. So I'm a city person. Mm. And I think all these cities have, have their great things. And uh, I, I love living in cities in this part of the world. Yeah, they all offer a different personality. Um, I first went to uh, Hong Kong in 1990, and I just was uh, in shock how, you know, I had an energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seemed like it was, you know, on full auto. I mean, just full, full, full steam ahead. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. stop. Uh, it was a little bit like New York, uh, mm -hmm. kind of. So, were you inspired by that Jean Claude Van Damme movie that takes place in Hong Kong <laughs> to come here? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he did films. Uh, I think after that, for the most part, I'm not sure. I think uh, the only fiction I enjoyed was, of course, <clears throat> Honorable Schoolboy by John le Carre. Mm. Uh, I read that. Uh, I bought that in the Star Ferry um, bookshop. Book book and uh, I didn't know what it was about. And I mm. bought it and walked outside and sat down at, and read the whole thing in one reading right there. Um, it was an amazing book. Honorable Schoolboy is about um, a British spy in Hong Kong. Um, and uh, it's never been made into a movie. I don't know why, but uh, maybe because it would be difficult. Um, but uh, so, okay, you were in Hong Kong, and uh, where did where did you live in Hong Kong? Uh, part of the time, I lived in uh, one of the outlying islands. Wow! But but it wasn't rustic. It, there was oh. a, a, a big property development, like thirty buildings. Uh, on the island. Okay. So, how did you get to work? Uh, there is ferry, ferry to, from the island to central. Okay. Uh, actually, the island is under the Qingma Bridge. Oh. So there was a ramp from the bridge down to the island. Okay. So that there was bus service as well. All right. Uh, and then the other place I lived was right in the heart of downtown in Wan, Wan Chai. So I lived in two extremes. 
right. in the heart of downtown uh -huh. and, and also on an outlying island. I lived above one chai at a place called uh, Bowen Road. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they call it today. Uh, but you could see the entire city from up there. Mm -hmm. It was a very expensive area, but I lived for free, fortunately. Oh, well, uh, that always helps. <laughs> but it just, uh, the place mesmerized me. Uh, uh, it was just above Wan Chai, and I used to walk down to Wan Chai on a Friday and then uh, go drinking, maybe have a few drinks, and mm -hmm. then walk. Non-alcoholic, of course. No. And then walk <laughs> up the stairs all the way back up the ro uh, mountain. Mm -hmm. By the time I got, I was just covered in sweat. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, it was a good exercise for me. Um, of so course, of course, with all those changes in in Hong Kong in recent years, uh, it, you know, some people feel it's it's lost a bit of that edge, that pulse that it had. Yeah, um, uh, I was just there a few a few weeks ago at the mm -hmm. end of uh, twenty uh, twenty three. Mm -hmm. I had had to attend a wedding of a good friend in mm -hmm. in Hong Kong, and that was the first time I had been there since uh, COVID struck. So I hadn't been there in four years. Uh, I have to say just in my limited experience there for uh, four, four days, um, she's I haven't been there, I wasn't there for four years and I went for four days. Uh, it still had that pulse beating. You know, the, mm. the streets are busy. Mm -hmm. People are focused on getting stuff done, making money. Um, I stayed in a hotel in the North Point mm. area uh, on, on Hong Kong Island and uh, took the MTR into Central every day. Uh, it, uh, most people, to, to be realistic, most people are not involved in politics, right? Mm -hmm. They're just going about their lives. Mm -hmm. So on, on that, from that perspective, things are, are not really changed. For mm. People are just people, in, yeah. engaged in commerce and doing their jobs. Mm. You know, not everybody's an activist. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, went there oh, a few years ago and went to my old haunt uh, mm -hmm. up on a mountain and the staircase that went down all the way to one I was gone they had removed it um, so um, yeah but it still had that jungle like uh, you know it felt like another world it, it didn't feel like Hong Kong you mm -hmm. were up in a mountain it was jungle like and uh, and then you could hear the city just below you it wasn't mm -hmm. very far away mm -hmm. if you just walk straight in space but if you had to go down the Stairs, it was, oh my God, you know. Oh, you know, one thing that Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, Taipei specifically, uh, have in common is you're actually not that far from nature. In mm. Hong Kong, there's the perception that it's all just tall buildings mm. and, and Hong Kong Island and Kowloon side uh, all built up, but you're actually not very far from, from nature and hiking mm. uh, and still within the boundaries of, of the Hong Kong special administrative region. And mm. it's just like in Taipei where you're actually, you know, within 40 minutes to an hour, you could be hiking up a mountain. Mm. Well, I uh, used to go up to the New Territories area mm. and that was mountainous and beautiful. Sure. I was in shock. I didn't realize. I would go up to, uh, what I would do is I would take the train up to Lo Wu Bridge mm -hmm. and then I'd cross it into China. Um, and They let uh, you in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back then, they let you in. Well, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. Um, you know, uh, as as my readers all know, I used to write, uh, or still do, I write spy fiction novels, mm -hmm. and nobody buys them. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, except my wife, who <laughs> says they're no good. She's a good customer. Yeah, yeah, regular. <laughs> Actually, I buy them for her. So I read this, and she. 
I don't know, she makes noises and then she mm. uh, says, uh, "Okay, I give it to somebody at work." Or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the one of the great things about living in Taipei is uh, for those who like hiking mm. um, or cycling, mm. you're you're really not very far away from those kinds of outdoor activities. Well, the river here, right through Taipei, has a cycling uh, path, bicycles. Yeah, I'm not sure if you want to do that on a, like a hot July or August no, day. There's, there's no, definitely not. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, but but at night, people cycle and they're not mm. afraid. There's no crime, to my knowledge. Mm. Um, yeah, in fact, uh, it's a very safe place, actually. Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, one of the great things that Taipei has going for it. It, it, it truly is a safe city. Mm. Uh, something that comes up all the time, like if you, when you have a friend visiting, you leave something on your on the table at Starbucks, and mm. you say, "Oh, we could go order." And we go to the bathroom. They're mm. always so surprised that you can walk away. Yeah, from, oh my God. from stuff. Yeah. In fact, I, I I met a visitor a couple of days ago, and uh, we had to get up from the table to order, and uh, I left my computer right there on the table. It's like, is this safe? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's Taipei. Totally, it, it yeah. should be safe. <laughs> it's so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I I see. People do that in Starbucks where they all, uh, a lot of them use the upstairs area where they study. Mm-hmm. And they, they sit there for hours and they leave their laptops and then they go downstairs and maybe go outside and take a phone call. And mm-hmm. it's sitting there, you know, I'm just like, wow, you know, you're you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, it's really unlikely that somebody would would attempt to, to swipe it. So well, yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. it's very fair to say that uh, Taipei just does not have a lot of, that kind of crime. Well, computers, you know, I we just bought my son's two uh, laptops uh, that were about five years old, refurbished. Mm-hmm. They were only about uh, 5,000 NT, uh, which is about, hmm, what is that, about 100 and 175 US dollars. Yeah, they're great. You couldn't buy one of those in the US at that price, even mm-hmm. five years, uh, refurbished. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could really destroy it and you won't mind. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and uh and we can take it back and the guy will fix it and it won't be it won't be outrageously expensive and mm. you know, they have a computer uh store here. Where where is that place where they buy Wanghua. Yeah. Uh, buy parts, you can buy yep. components. Wanghua you, market. Yeah, it's got oh my god, you know, you go from floor to floor to floor and they yeah. have booths, small booths, some big and others they, yeah, they show you, you know, you want us to build a circuit board for you and it'll mm-hmm. take 40 minutes and just wait. And you're like, wow, yeah. you can't do this in America. Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, um, I'll tell you a story about, if I may, a story sure. about fixing things and uh, my experience in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. In Singapore, if something breaks and you need to call the repairman, Singapore being very small, unfortunately, there's only like two service providers because they... The market's not big enough to support mm. many service providers. Right. So either you're going to call A, you're going to call B. And because you only have these two choices, there's mm. usually uh, a long wait. There's a mm. backlog, right? So they'll tell you, like, we're going to come in, like, five or six days. And you really have no choice because there's only two service providers. In Hong Kong, they'll tell you, we'll come 1030 tomorrow morning. And, and they always come on time. Right. And they probably speak Cantonese uh, mm. you know, repairmen. Um, but they'll fix it and they'll charge you a lot of money because everything in Hong Kong is, is expensive. Yeah. Then here in Taiwan, uh, I found if uh, something's leaking, for example, um, you call them up in the afternoon and you say, like, oh, my sink is leaking, can you mm. come over? 
And first they'll they'll say, oh well, we're we have we're booked. All our appointments are booked. So you get into like this back and forth where you have to like make them feel like it's the end of the world if they don't come today. So you have to say like, oh, but I'm, I'm drowning because my 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 faucet, the water is leaking everywhere. Can you please come today? And then they'll feel bad for you. So they'll say, okay, I'll come today. But but then they have to get the last word in. So they'll say something like, but you know, I'm gonna have to work overtime for you. <laughs> and, and then when they'll they'll come, they'll show up, and like the neighbors want to poke their heads in and see like what's broken in the farmer's apartment. And so all the neighbors are sticking their heads in your front door, and, and the, the the security guard, the Jingwei, is also doing that. And then the repairman will say something really obvious, like your faucet's leaking. I'll say, I know my faucet's leaking. That's why I called you. And then they'll tell you the price to fix it, and it'll be too good to be true. It'll be really cheap. Yeah. And you'll say, well, why is it so cheap? And they'll say, well, I'll give you the made in Taiwan part, replacement part. And you'll say, no, but I really want like the original part. I want no, you know, the Japanese no, 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 part no, no, or the European no, no. part. And they'll tell you, you don't want that <laughs> because it costs more money. And you'll say, but I don't mind. I, I'd rather have the original part, mm. not something that's made in Taiwan, non-standard. I want the original European part. And then they'll tell you what, what the truth is that they don't have it on their truck, they're gonna have to go back to the warehouse and make another visit to your place. Oh, yeah. And they make you feel really guilty about that, because, <laughs> especially the repairman, because he's not gonna make more money. No. It's yeah, not his company, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the Laubans, the boss's yeah, company. Yeah. So the repairman, now he's grouchy because he's gonna have to go back to the warehouse and get the European part right. and come back to your place. Charge and he's, you more. And he, well, he's, but he doesn't get to keep that money. It's gonna oh, go to his boss. Right. right? So for right. him, it's just a hassle to have to go back and forth. So that's my that's my experience with uh, repairs in Hong Kong, Singapore, <laughs> and Taipei. And I think it's a really good su summary of living in those three places. Ross, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up, but I, you know, uh, how would people uh, contact you? And uh, do you have any social media sites? Uh, what do they What do they do or talk? Yeah, I have. I have a few. Thanks for asking. I have a, a Facebook page, and mm. the the name of the page is Ross Feingold, R O S S F E I N G O L D dot international. So I tend to talk about international events and how they may affect Taiwan. And I have a Twitter account, and uh, the handle is at Ross Feingold, R-O-S-S-F-E-I-N-G-O-L-D, just one word. And for those who speak Mandarin, I have a, 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 I still have an account on Chinese social media on the Toutiao platform, and just look up my Chinese name, which is uh, Fang Enge, Fang Zhang De Fang Enhui De En, Gezi De Ge. So uh, I have a lot of, uh, I'm one of the few people who has a lot of back and forth with netizens in China mm. on uh, really wow. current events and political issues. Now I'll tell you, not everything that I post gets past the censors because oh, there, yeah. the, the, there are censors that uh, have mm. to review every post. Although I think a lot of it is automated. It's mm. not really a human, right? So they have these great uh, artificial intelligence applications mm. that they use to review um, the posts Algorithms. So, yeah, so a mm. lot of my posts uh, get rejected. Then you get a message that your your proposed post did not pass. Um, so then what I do is I make a screenshot of that and I post that. And then the netizens ask, what, what did you try to post? And you could try and put it in in the comments. Right. And, and then you could, <laughs> so you could try to work your way work your way around it. A little um, sneaky. A little sneaky. And uh, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of back and forth with those netizens in China uh -huh. because they know I, I live in Taiwan. So uh -huh. my profile 
it says my location is Taiwan. And you know, they're always calling Taiwan a province of China. Mm. And they're always mm. saying we should unify and things mm. like that. Um, so uh, it, a lot of them dislike me um, mm. because I'm American and I live in Taiwan. Mm. Uh, so we have some very exciting conversations, but it's all in it's all in Mandarin. So oh, wow. that one will only work for people who can uh, read Chinese. Sure, of course. And uh, you know, we're wrapping it up, and I uh, I want to thank Ross for coming on the show. Thank you. It's it's been a pleasure. And we're gonna have you back real soon. And uh, well, you know. Um, I think that's about it, except for anything else you might want to add, Ross. Uh, well, yeah, for people who are listening outside of Taiwan, I, I hope that listening to our conversation today will inspire them to come visit us in oh, fantastic Formosa. Oh, absolutely. And, and although plane tickets are expensive, um, from the West Coast of the U.S. to Taiwan, it's still reasonably reasonably priced. How much? Uh, well, if you book you know, far in advance, hopefully you won't spend more than $1,000 if, you uh, if you're flying from L.A. That's one way or two? Both ways. A round trip from L.A. Oh, or right. San Francisco. Um, and there's a th new airline called Starlux. So now mm. there's three choices. There's Starlux, mm. uh, EVA, or China Airlines that are all mm -hmm. flying uh, international flights um, mm. from the west coast of the U.S. to Taiwan. I think United, they fly from San Francisco to Taipei yeah, as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's really easy to get around. You, mm. you don't have to speak Mandarin to, no, to get around. No, English signs everywhere. Yeah. You or, can take the train from the airport. And a lot, of, speak, a lot of people yeah. speak enough English to help a tourist. Oh, yeah. They yeah. love helping people. Yeah. Oh so if gosh. you're walking around and you're lost, um, somebody might come up and ask you, uh, do you need help? Mm. And uh, hopefully they could point you in the right just look lost, right and that's <laughs> just, all you need to do. Just look lost. And uh, as you said earlier in the show, um, it, it's relatively speaking, it's inexpensive. To, no, to it's travel cheap. Around, Unbelievable. Travel around Taipei. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it's oh. great for people who like the outdoors. They could cycle, do a whole circle of Taiwan. You could, uh, yes, you could definitely uh, go all the way around Taiwan. Yeah, you uh, might need a little bit longer in, in Taiwan car, to do that. Maybe, uh, <laughs> might be wiser. So people who are young and healthy could do it by bicycle. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Older folks like us might do it by car. <laughs> Some people are surfing now on the yeah, East surfing, Coast. Surfing's really popular. Um, Mountain climbing? In, in the winter season, it's, you know, I don't know, it might be chilly. A, little, by, a bit chilly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the summer months, uh, yeah, people do come to Taiwan for surfing as well. You don't have to bring your own board. You could no. rent one. No, they got them here. Yeah. 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 I've spoken to people uh, that do that sort of thing. quite shocked that they love it here, uh, mm. surfing. Uh, and now regarding mountain climbing, you have to have a permit mm. normally, and you have to have to go some with of the parks, yeah. Yeah, to go with a group because people get lost and disappear in some of the And jungles, even foreigners so. have gotten lost. Sometimes oh, that yeah, makes the yeah. news about... A you know, foreigner who's injured or even missing, uh, yeah, yeah, dies. Oh my gosh! They, yeah. Yeah, they, they went off the trail, or they, they were alone. They decided to do it themselves with two guys, and yeah. gone. We don't know what happened to yeah. them. But if but if foreigners are going to visit Taiwan, and they really want to have a good experience. Mm. I, I would say you need more than a week because mm. you if you spend like three or four nights in Taipei, you need to leave time to see um, uh, either the nature or. Uh, some of the other cities like Tainan. People love to go to Tainan because it has a lot of temples, oh, yeah. a lot of older Beautiful. buildings, great street food. Uh, so you need more like seven to 10 days yeah. to really experience Taiwan. The first three days is always uh, jet lag, you know, difficult to see. Yeah, but you still got to get out and see stuff. Uh, you can't cower yeah. in your hotel room. 
All right. Thanks, Ross. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. And thank you. Uh, and see you next time from Fantastic Formosa. <laughs>